Blog Talk Radio. And now, deep from an underground fortress from an undisclosed location, from Long Island, New York, Miana Gone Wild. Still crazy. We're crazy in, in a positive way. Miana Gone Wild. A program like no other. We can tell the truth and it hurts. Zeal empowered by knowledge. Miano Gone Wild. Miano Gone Wild with your host, Michael Miano. Defender of truth. Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. Destroying the strongholds of bondage and setting the captives free. From the Power and Preterism Network. Here, here is Michael Miano. Well, good morning. It's been a while since I've been able to uh, join you here on a podcast. I'm excited for uh, what we're looking to do here with MGW Apologetics and ultimately uh, these morning programs. This is something a little bit new for me, and I know I'm excited to get into some of our details today. We have uh, Brother Mike Bull, author of Moses and the Revelation, joining in on today's show, and that's going to be rather promising. And I imagine it'll be a great discussion. So I have to find my notes. So what I'm going to do is play another song, and I will be back in about five minutes. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no
right, so we are back here with MGW Apologetics. Make sure we get that noise out of our background. Prayerfully, you can hear me clear. I'm hoping that we're going to connect with Mike Bull here in a moment. And um, just want to tell you a little bit about what we're doing. So about two or three months ago, I began to have some talks with some people. And we began to talk about the different paradigms that are... uh, out there in regards to the last days, the multitude of paradigms that are out there. And uh, what we began to do is talk about, well, it would be interesting to have conversation with those that uh, have differing views and maybe be able to understand where they're coming from a bit more. Uh, Some of you may remember that back in November 2018, I had participated in a discussion with a brother named Don Johnson. And uh, that conversation is actually found on the podcast, and you can uh, go ahead and listen to that. Now, I had marked out listening to him that, wow, there's so much confusion in regards to the last days. And uh, I have quite a few friends that have differing views, quite a few affiliates or uh, acquaintances. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Mike Bull would be one of them. And just to tell you a little bit, hopefully you remember that about two months ago, I had done an interview with him about his book, Moses and the Revelation. And I must say, if you went and watched that video and that interview, uh, he has a great personality. He's humble. He's humorous, intelligent, and insightful. And I found him to be a blessing. I I have mentioned this before, that he helped me fill in the blanks regarding the differences of partial and full preterism. God's yet future judgment and how he has a pattern that he sort of follows to better understand why he believes that there is more Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. One of the quotes that I'm looking to have a discussion with Mike about tonight, and we'll be going through quite a few different of tonight. You see, I'm used to doing an evening show. Um, What we'll be talking about this morning is some of the things he's talked about in regards to that which was revealed in the land in AD 70 uh, will was a shadow or a type of that which will be fulfilled in the world. Uh, Here's a quote from Mike Bull, and then we're going to go ahead and bring him on the show. We know Jesus's faithfulness will be revealed in the world because of what was revealed in the land. Well, amen to that. So here we go. We're going to bring Mike on the show. Hey, Mike, how are you? Thank you for taking some time out this morning. Hello? All right, we're experiencing a little bit of a technical difficulty here. Hmm. Mike, can you hear me? Hello? All right, we used to be experiencing a slight difficulty here. And uh, we're going to see if we could get him to come on the show here in a moment. I'm going to have him call back in. What I did was I had sent Mike an outline for this discussion this morning. Again, the goal is to better understand why he disagrees with the full preterist paradigm of all things being fulfilled in AD 70 and why he would necessitate a yet future fulfillment of things in the world. Just waiting for him to call back in, and we will perfectly be able to connect. All right, well, instead of giving you some dead air, what I'm going to do is just play another song, and hopefully I'll be able to bring him on after that song is over. Let's do a little bit of worship this morning. Amen. Yeah. 
right. Well, unfortunately, it seems that we're having some technical difficulties here with uh, Mike Bull calling into the show. So what I'm going to do, moving us forward, is I'm going to sort of outline some of the things that I would like to talk with Mike Bull about. And maybe what we'll do is um, I'll get him on a call or a recording, and within the next day or two, I'll put together a podcast that will include the audio discussion with Mike Bull. So, again, I appreciate your time this morning. I want to uh, bring us in on some prayer and kind of move us into a show and hopefully outline some stuff for uh, Brother Mike Bull to respond to. And uh, then, again, like I said, my goal would be to get that audio and put it together into a podcast for you. I do apologize this morning as this was not the plan. And uh, lately I've been revamping and redoing some of my work and my programming. And this morning it had slipped my mind that Mike is from Australia and calling into a show with a you know phone line is going to be quite expensive. So let's just map out some stuff for discussion. And that way, uh, Brother Mike Bull may be able to uh, connect with us um, in those discussions. And uh, we'll see how all of this works. So let's see here. The first thing that I was going to ask Brother Mike Bull is how would he define a presupposition? And also, how would he define a paradigm? Again, I mentioned earlier that the goal is to challenge paradigms and presuppositions. And my goal, what I hope to accomplish through all of this, is a clear demarcation of the differences and how we might be able to continue study and dialogue in that area rather than digging our heels in. Good phrase I heard recently. Rather than digging our heels into our understanding and, uh, and rather kind of opening up the paradigm, opening up the door for discussion and hoping that uh, that will be edifying to each and every one of us. I'd like to bring us back to the discussion that I had with Mike Bull on the last time, last show that I had him on. Again, that was a Google, uh, Google Live. It's on YouTube. That was a video program. And he had brought up discussion regarding chapter two of his book, which is called The Shape of the World. I'm sorry, chapter three. I've been saying chapter two. Chapter two, The Shape of the World. Chapter three would be The Shape of Worship. And what Mike Bull brings out in this book is what are called fractals. Now, if you're a friend of mine on social media, you would have seen yesterday there was quite the discussion regarding fractals with Jeff Vaughn, author of or co-author of Beyond Creation Science, a very good friend of mine, good brother in the Lord. And um, there was discussion between him, Mike Bull on my Facebook post, and then quite a few other people jumped in. And we were all trying to gain an understanding of fractals. Now, Jeff Vaughn seems to have a different understanding of fractals than Mike Bull. So I'm hoping that he may respond to that. And again, as I mentioned, that discussion was going on on Facebook. I know there was a little bit of a discussion as to how fractals can be properly used. Uh, Jeff Vaughn seems to be more of the persuasion that these are mathematical equations, not necessarily uh, things that can be used in literature and art. And uh, Mike Bull obviously disagreed. And what it seems is he sees a similarity between the fractals and that chiasm structure that the Hebrew people would have been very much used to. So in this chapter, he gives an insightful explanation of his threefold pattern theology. Again, this is what he did on our last program. And he said this, quote, my argument with full preterism is that the prophets used cosmic language because Israel represented the world. So they would say the birds, the fish, and creational things, stars falling from heaven, but those stars were kings. The birds and the fish represented Jews and Gentile hosts. The, this land idea and ethical and the ethical, which is Christ. Resurrection in the garden, Old Testament saints, and the gospel went out into the world. Jesus began in the garden. The four horsemen ultimately show how the gospel in the book of Revelation show how the gospel will uh, unfold in the world. Spiritual battle between the Jews and the false Jews in the land. And then he said he gets to chapter 19 uh, where you read, quote, 
through the corpse of the land into the world. I thought that was an interesting quote that uh, Mike had brought up there. And um, I do hope that he'll respond to a bit of that, uh, talking about the um, through the corpse of the land into the world. And uh, his point was, to sum up his point there, is that even though preterism says that this was the judgment in the land in AD 70, you can now apply it that the gospel has now gone into the world. And through his example here, this fractal example, this uh, structure, this threefold pattern theology that he is bringing forth, he, uh, he would say that we're still waiting for an end of the physical world. He said this, he said, Adam represented the physical world, the global flood, which he mentioned he does believe in a global flood. And then to avoid another flood, God made Israel a sacrificial substitute world. And uh, he had mentioned the physical, social, and ethical pattern of fulfillment. So, um, and lastly, what he noted was full preterism is right as far as it goes, but history is physical, social, ethical. Again, he has this paradigm, uh, this you know, structure of physical, social, ethical, these three domains. And as he had noted on the last podcast, that it's not, this is a direct quote from him, it's not a big jump from full preterism. And I would agree. You know, there's a lot of that that I would agree with. Um, I do see Adam representing Israel. I see Israel being a microcosm of what God wanted to do in the world, ultimately to bring forth righteousness in the world. That's why when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, I believe it is, or Deuteronomy 4, one of those texts, and you read about the reasoning for the law. When God puts the law before Moses, the law was that the nations would look to Israel and would desire their God. I believe that that has been fulfilled in the church and that we are not waiting for a yet future reality. Um, so, of course, that's where I wanted to have a little bit of discussion in regards to paradigms and presuppositions with Mike Bull. I did hope that he would... Uh, explain things a little bit better, you know, in his book on page 34 of chapter 2. He has this chart, and the chart highlights the most holy place, which would be Adam corrupting the garden, theft from the father, the holy place, Cain corrupting the land, the murder of the son, and then the courts outside. The lines of Seth and Cain intermarried and corrupting the world, which is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And I imagine he believes that's where we are in God's agenda. On page 35, he says, so how are we to tell whether the prophets are speaking of the actual creation or its legal representatives? That is the fall of the stars of heaven or the fall of the rulers of the land. The answer is found in which the covenant in which covenant the prophets are calling people to return to. And this can be discerned by identifying the prophet's audience. The writings of the prophets always look into the future, but it is the immediate future. Their call is to repentance in the here and now, as always partnered with judgment in the here and soon. The revelation is no different. Jesus says he is coming soon without delay, and he begins by inspecting the lampstand, the trees in the garden for spiritual fruit that these churches might not suffer the fate that was coming upon that generation. Revelation is the culmination and direct outcome of everything that has gone before in the Gospels and the letters of the New Testament. And then he does go into a little bit of detail talking about earth and land, land and world. Mentions Acts chapter 17 quite a bit. You know, I would encourage... Uh, people to get their hands on this book because he does bring out quite a few interesting prophetic insights. However, I don't know that I would fully agree with the paradigm. On page 41, again, my goal, I'm just going to mark out some things that I would love to have talked with him about and hope that he may listen to this podcast and respond, and then we can play kind of a, um, you know, a flip. Uh, what am I looking for here? What's the words I'm looking for? Uh, we can play, you know, put them together, mix the, the podcast together and have a little bit of a, as though it's a discussion with Mike Bull. On page 41, 
He says this. Like the book of Ezekiel, the revelation was not written to us, but it was written as a warning for us. This means that although a faithful interpretation places it, notice this, a faithful interpretation places it squarely in the events of the first century, we can still be faithful in application when applying its principles with wisdom in situations today. Amen. The end of the world of which Revelation speaks of is not in your future. And then here he goes into talking about full preterism. But some take this fact too far and claim that the entire Bible is fulfilled and that there's no future judgment and no future coming of Christ. What they overlook is the fact that the tabernacle and the temples were substitutes for the real thing. And history is just as symmetrical as the there and back again of the covenant covenant pattern. History began with the entrance of death into the physical order by the sin of one man. You see right here is where our disagreement is going to be. Resulting in judgment upon the physical order and history will end with the destruction of death, the final enemy, and the full restoration of the physical order. The problem I would have with that is that the death that's being defined in scripture is the death, with the definite article the, is talking about a specific death that came forth from law, right? You see a lot of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What I find interesting about 1 Corinthians 15 is when the Apostle Paul, in the last couple of verses there in the 50s, uh, when he begins to talk about the death being destroyed, he's quoting from Old Testament passages. And if you go back to Hosea chapter 13, verse 14, or Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8, you would see for yourself the death, the veil that was over the nations because Israel did not walk in accordance with the law. So I do not see that death that happened with Adam. I do not see that death that was revealed in and through Israel and that was overcome by way of the resurrection of the dead as a physical death. I would say that that is a paradigm or a presuppositional problem. And I'm hoping that uh, Mike Bull will respond to that a little bit. So how I would kind of continue this conversation would be that I would ask Mike Bull if he's familiar with Dr. Don K. Preston's work regarding total or full fulfillment in AD 70. He, Don Preston has a book that I'm actually looking at right here, AD 70, A Shadow of the Real End, with a question mark at the end. And uh, he makes some really good points that um, I would hope that Mike Bull may respond to. For example, in our Wednesday evening Bible study here at the Blue Point Bible Church, what we just finished going through was the debate that Don Preston had with Joel McDermott in 2012. So I've already mentioned three resources for you this morning that I'm hoping you might consider getting your hands on. The first one being Moses and the Revelation, the book by Mike Bull. Don Preston's book, AD 70, A Shadow of the Real End. And Preterist Pilgrim Weekend DVDs, DVDs which you can get from eschatology.org, Don Preston's uh, website and you know, online shopping center, if you will. Um, you can get the 2012 Power of Preterism, I'm sorry, 2012 Preterist Pilgrim Weekend uh, videos, and you can, um, you can be blessed by watching Don go through that debate with Joel McDermott. I'm actually looking forward to connecting with Joel and possibly bringing him on the show to respond to some of the points that were brought up in that debate, as well as points that are brought out in his book, Jesus vs. Jerusalem. That's three resources now, four resources so uh, perfectly you'll get your hands on some of those resources. So in that debate, and by the way, it's morning, so I'm realizing that I'm just waking up. My brain is not fully here yet. And what that makes me want to do is pray. So let's approach the Lord in prayer for a moment. And um, then I'm going to start sharing some of these points that from Don Preston that I would hope Mike Bull may consider responding to. Mighty God, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege to be in your presence. We thank you for your spirit that illuminates the words of, of the book, the book with the definite article, Lord. Thank you for going before us this morning. Thank you for, uh, for allowing us to have, uh, to have your presence with us. And thank you for all that you've accomplished, Lord. We magnify your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so 
jumping into some of the things that I had wanted to talk with Mike Bull about that I'm hoping he would respond to from Don Preston um, would be, again, going back to the debate with Joel McDermott. Don, in that debate, I think in a rather eloquent way, outlined that the curse that we see in the Garden of Eden, the death that we see in the Garden of Eden, what we might call the curse and the death of Scripture, that entered through Adam would be overcome at the resurrection of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is also correlated to Revelation chapter 20. And this would be in fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 8. In the new Zion of Revelation 21 through 22, there is no more curse, no more the death. But the new creation of Revelation 21 through 22 arrived in AD 70. Therefore, the curse, the death that entered through Adam was overcome in AD 70. Don would assert that this is inescapably true. And if not, why not? What is the hermeneutic of distinction? And that is, of course, one of the charges that we will uh, lay before Brother Mike Bull. Another statement that I found interesting from uh, one of Don's PowerPoints was a quote from Gary DeMar. The quote says, one of the first things a Christian must learn in interpreting the Bible is to pay attention to the time texts. Failing to recognize the proximity of a prophetic event will distort its intended meaning. The New Testament clearly states that the end of all things was at hand for those who read 1 Peter 4.7. That is, the old covenant with its types and shadows was about to pass away. And obviously the challenge would be, does Mike Bull agree with this? If all of Israel's types and shadows have passed, then the end of the resurrection, the millennium, all those details we see there in Revelation chapter 20, which was foreshadowed in the Feast of Harvest and the Sabbath, has been fulfilled. There's no more sections, if you will. It's not, it went into the land and it went into the world. It went into the world, which was that world in that time. And we are now living in the reality of the fulfilled types and shadows. So, uh, yeah, that, that's something I would hope Mike Bull would respond to. Um, because for me, I would, I would be interested to hear more from him in regards to types and anti-types and how that would correlate to his structure, his covenant structures that he likes to outline. Also, uh, that being so, what I would like to do is put before us, and I'm not going to take too much more of our time this morning. My goal is to kind of bring us into about 7.30, uh, which would be about an hour of the uh, program here. And um, what I'll do is I'm going to correspond with Mike Bull, and hopefully he's uh, tuned into the show, and um, hopefully he'll put together a short podcast or something record recording, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I make a good discussion out of that uh, for our podcast. So Don in his book, Was AD 70 the Real End? He offers up 15 reasons, 10 in the PowerPoint, 15 in the book, um, why AD 70 was not a type. Why you cannot say that it was fulfilled in the land and it's going to be fulfilled somewhere else, which would be a type. And uh, so I just want to read them to you. And of course, I'll probably send these to Mike. That way he can respond to them individually. Okay, just finding my way to the table of contents here. So... The first thing would be that the Old Testament prophets never foretold two ends of two ages, two kingdoms, or two resurrections, or two last days. And Don goes into about five pages of explaining why that cannot work. The second reason would be the Christian age has no end. Thus, the end of the Old Covenant age could not be typological of the end of what is endless. Reason number three. Types are always inferior, anticipating something better. And there's nothing better than the work of Christ that is revealed in the church. Amen. Reason number four. No New Testament writer ever said the events of their day were typological of greater events to come. Number five. Jesus said the events of AD 70 were the greatest that had ever been or that ever would be in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. So how can the greatest event in history 
foreshadow events that are even greater. Reason number six. Jesus said the events of AD 70 would be when all things that are written must be fulfilled, Luke 21, 22. This means there could not be any additional eschatology beyond AD 70. Reason number seven. The restoration of all things would be consummated at the parousia, which would be at the end of the old covenant age of Israel. Reason number eight. Paul said that the goal of all the previous ages had come in his generation. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Reason number nine. Then comes the end. The end of 1 Corinthians 15 cannot be the end of Christ's rule or the end of time. Reason number 10. Ephesians 1.10 says that in the stewardship of the fullness of time, he would gather together all things in one body in Christ. Has that been accomplished or not? Reason number 11, when understanding entrance into the most holy place, restoration to the Edenic presence of God, the eschatological goal was to be at the end of the old covenant age, not at the end of a Christian age. And you see this in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 through 10. Reason number 12, the first century church had arrived at Zion. We see this in Hebrews 12 as well. The locus of the eschatological end of the millennium resurrection. Reason number three, the judgment of the living and the dead occurred in A.D. 70. We see this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 26 through 28. The kingdom of the world became the kingdom of God and his Christ. Reason number 14, the millennium, when properly understood, ended in A.D. 70. Reason number 15, if the events of A.D. 70 were typological of a future end of the age, then Christ will divorce, divorce and destroy the church as an unfaithful bride that has become a harlot and will marry another bride under another new covenant. As you can imagine, those are your 15 reasons why AD 70 cannot be a type of a yet future judgment or a yet future reality. And I'm hoping that Brother Mike Bull will respond to those points. So in conclusion... What I will be asking Mike Bull, and pretty much the assertion that I've made, is that is how would he respond to the charge that his hermeneutic of distinction violates the proper use of types and antitypes? Don would ask, and I think Don has outlined this very well, what is better than what Christ did and accomplished in AD 70? What more could Jesus do to bring his presence into the church as was the goal of the ages. That his people, all things would be summed up in him. What more is needed? There was a couple other questions I'd like to throw toward uh, Mike Bull in his book. One would be, there is a future in Revelation and that is the succession at the end. This was something he had mentioned in our interview that I was hoping uh, he might outline. Again, the future in Revelation in my understanding and my estimation is the fact that the gospel will go forth and there will be a kingdom in the midst of a world that is stuck outside the gates, not wearing the proper clothing to come to the wedding feast, the presence of God. Perfectly, you know that that clothing is the spirit and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And uh, that is the future of Revelation in my estimation. I don't understand why we would need a yet future judgment. Many of you may be familiar with my blog. Uh, you can find it at Preterist Archive. You can find it at Miano Gone Wild. .wordpress.com, a blog on God's past judgment. And I cannot place more and more, I, I know that more and more emphasis needs to be placed on why that's so important. And you see all these different uh, hermeneutics of distinction, if you will, uh, happening all over Facebook and the argument um, in regards to the need for a yet future judgment and the distortion and the, um, I want to use a big word here, obfuscation. Nope, can't say it. Too early. Um, but again, just the distortion of clear reading of scripture has been rather depressing. So Mike Bull had said, quote, every covenant has a reckoning. So obviously the question I would be throwing his way would be, so there's an end to the new covenant? And um, obviously another thing for discussion with Mike would be the millennium. I know me and him definitely have a different view of the millennium and that second resurrection that would happen. And um, I'm hoping that maybe he'll give us a little bit of details in that regard. And then ultimately, at the end of this conversation, what 
you know, what we're really asking is, how can we push this conversation forward? If we've marked out, like obviously what we've marked out disagreement with Mike Bull's book, if you're holding to the full preterist paradigm, would be that it seems that he violates types and anti-types. It seems that he's, he's pushing it a little bit too far, stretching it is what we would average, you know, usually say. So um, what do we need to mark out as our differences and necessary areas to study? What should I be studying to see it more Mike's way? And obviously I've mentioned quite a few resources today that I believe would help you better see it the way that I see it. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the goal. That's what we have going on. Um, what I'd like to do is before we end, we're going to pray uh, for the future of this show. We're going to pray for Mike Bull. We're going to pray for, you know, success in this discussion and uh, ultimately just seeing uh, God glorified through what we're doing. I'm excited to be back on these podcasts. I'm actually praying about, you know, let, let me kind of explain some things at the end of the show. Um, I'm hoping that as we go through these shows, the MGW apologetics, challenging paradigms and presuppositions of the last days, um, that many of you will be encouraged. And that also what will happen from this podcast is that maybe I'll start doing morning programs. Maybe they'll just be encouragement. We're reviving Team Preterist, which was an effort that we had put out about two years ago to um, just put some energy and brainstorming and passion behind uh, the truth of preterism and the power of preterism. And uh, we're looking for more and more people to get involved. There's a Facebook group. You can go ahead and join. It's a closed group, but you'll be added if you join. And um, we'd love to have you participate in some of our efforts with Team Preterist and um, the boots on the ground, bringing the healing to the nations. Amen. And of course, continuing the efforts through the Power of Preterism Network. Uh, this year, we actually, at the Blue Point Bible Church, we have our conference in May, May 17th to the 19th. And I'm looking forward to having some great guests. And uh, yeah, there's just so much going on. So today was an on-the-fly podcast. So again, I do want to apologize that we were not able to bring Mike Bull on the program but I'm trusting that he's going to go ahead and make a recording and then we're going to kind of mesh them together and it will be a, uh, a good program. I imagine many of you will be edified. So, uh, but again, I'm, I'm kind of throwing this out there because I'm hoping to hear from more of you in regards to what you would like to hear. If we're going to do a morning show, what would you like to hear? What would you want me to talk about? I know many of us have been talking about what is the future. That's, that's important. That's our theme this year at the Blue Point Bible Church Conference uh, will be what's next. And we're not talking about what's next after AD 70. We're talking about what's next after we've now come to understand AD 70. We see a good movement beginning. We see the groundwork, an emerging movement, if you will. And, um, you know, the question is, what do we do next? Many of you are probably familiar with my different views and, and what I believe that we need to see within the preterist community. I'm hoping that we'll see more and more of that, that we'll work together again, team preterist, and we'll, uh, truly bring out many things out of the storehouse of God for the edification of the saints. So uh, that's the goal. I thank you for tuning in. Um, I do pray that the new year has brought new reads into your life. Um, another book I would like to make mention of before I get off this podcast this morning, um, we talked a little bit about Adam and covenant and, and a lot of that. And, and obviously Mike Bull putting Adam as a, a physical creation of all mankind. Um, a book I would make a recommend or I would recommend would be beyond creation science um, by Jeff Vaughn and Tim Martin. That book explains a lot of those covenantal details that we need to better understand. And again, it's a grant, it's a, it's a very foundational book. It, it's beginning the work. It's not a book that pretends, um, nor do Tim Martin and Jeff Vaughn pretend to know it all or have all the answers. But again, they, they did a great work by putting it together and trying to, uh, kind of get a good foundation in regards to covenant from Genesis to revelation. So get your hands on that. And, of course, you can always purchase my books. You can go to mianogonewild.wordpress.com. Um, that's M-I-A-N-O-G-O-N-E-W-I-L-D.wordpress.com. And you can purchase uh, my book, Freaked Out by the New Covenant. You can purchase Wicked. You can purchase Clarity and Revelation, which is a study guide going through the book of Revelation that I've been um, making some YouTube videos about on uh, going through the details of clarity and revelation. So go ahead, get your hands on those resources. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your day to tune into the podcast. So let me go ahead and pray for us and Mike Bull and whatever the future might hold. Mighty God, we do thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for going before us in the show. I do thank you, Lord, that you were able to kind of wake me up this morning and give me the thoughts and give me the insights to get on this podcast and to offer up some challenge, Lord. 
challenge to myself, challenge to the truth, challenge to the falsehoods that are out there, and even challenge to our brother Mike Bull. I pray that he receives this with, uh, with gr the grace that it was put forth with, um, that we would be passionate about the truth, but we would not be bullies, we would not be uh, nasty to one another, we would not be divisive, but instead seeking to understand one another and, Lord, offering up the glory to you. Lord, be with us as we go throughout our day. Remind us of the importance of good biblical interpretation. Remind us of the need to constantly reform our paradigms and our presuppositions in accordance with your truth, Lord, and abide with us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for taking some time out. I'm going to go ahead and end with Matt Redman's Abide With Me, and I look forward to hearing from you. Please contact me on Facebook. Contact me on Instagram. Contact me through email at PastorMikeMiano at Yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think is necessary. Um, and I look forward to whatever the future might hold. Thank you. Go in peace, saints. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Mike, can you hear me?
I know I said it was the end. However, we're just trying to see if we can get the uh, program working correctly. That way we would, uh, you know, we would be able to um, connect. So I have Mike's microphone on, but for some reason, it will not bring him into the show. Mike. All right. Well, we tried. Um, again, I have connected with Mike Bull, and he will be putting together a podcast or you know short clips. That way, we will uh, be able to hear from him and hear some of his responses. So, look forward to that. God bless, saints. Thank you. <laughs> 